Welcome, everybody, to the Ace HR Pro show. So far. Anyhow, uh, I'm sitting here with Michelle Dente, and we wanted to go over a few things out of the upcoming year about a couple of new laws, a couple of new uh, programs that are going to be put into place at, that may be affecting your business. And we want to uh, get the best value out there for you. And so welcome, Michelle Dente, to yeah, the show. Thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me. So one of the first things that's going to be happening on January 1st in California specifically is the minimum wage increase. Yes, we're so excited. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> for every California employer, and it's not just California, many states um, are raising their, obviously, minimum wage, some cities and counties as well. But specifically, I think, you know, for today, for this purpose, uh, this purpose, we want to talk about just California specific, but for sure, California beginning January uh, 1, 2023, minimum wage goes up to fifteen fifty an hour. But not just that, because minimum wage for hourly non-exempt employees go up. That also means the white collar exemption also goes up, which basically means any employee who makes less than $64,480 on an annual basis, they're non-exempt. So there are two types of requirements that uh, it, that an employer needs to fulfill in order to have their uh, employees be salaried, uh, salaried exempt. One of them is the salary test, which I just mentioned, 68480 The other is the duties test. But that's beyond the scope of this. We're just talking minimum wage. Keep in mind, uh, California employers, that if you have computer professionals, that salary, the minimum threshold for computer professionals to be salaried exempt is really high. It's $112,000. Wow, that's specific. Yes, very specific. <laughs> that's California. And those that's an exemption to the actual minimum wage. No, it's exemption from overtime. <sighs> exemption for overtime. Right. Okay, that's a good uh, clarification. So the minimum wage uh, across California is going to increase to $15.50 per hour. Right, that's California. But keep in mind, there are several cities and counties that have their own minimum wage requirements like ordinances. So for instance, San Diego has its own that's going to $16.30 an hour. San Francisco is well above that. San Jose, Berkeley, Oakland. So there are many um, cities within California that have its own. Perfect. And uh, is there any other additional requirements for, say, a small business that maybe be growing and they're, they're like hiring on a few more? Are they uh, are they required to uh, do anything else other than meet those initial uh, requirements. No, well, this applies to all employers in California, regardless of your size. I think what you're probably referring to are there are industry specific, okay, you know, um, ordinances like, for instance, uh, hotels, hospitality. Uh, in Los Angeles, if you have a hotel um, and um, uh, it's a uh, in the city of Los Angeles, I should say, has a minimum wage of seventeen dollars and sixty four cents for employees of hotels with a hundred and fifty rooms or more. So if you fall in that category, you have to pay your employees in Los Angeles seventeen dollars and sixty four cents. There's also a huge push for healthcare workers, um, but we haven't seen that uh, legislation uh, pass yet. But uh, it'll, it'll be coming. Okay. <laughs> 
perfect. So uh, all businesses out there, if you're in California, always uh, be sure to keep in mind and follow along with, uh, follow our channel if you're going to get up-to-date information on what's happening in California or across the country as new laws get passed. Um, one of the other things that we wanted to talk about today is actually arbitration developments, oh which my is, I'm sure, a very, very fun topic to follow. Yes, especially if you're in California, um, all employers are probably familiar with PAGA, PAGA, P-A-G-A, which stands for Private Action, um, I'm sorry, Private Attorney General's uh, Act, right, which is essentially, so So prior to uh, the Supreme Court ruling that came out um, in the summer of 2022, prior to that, we could not um, compel arbitration uh, of an ind individual's claim brought under the uh, under PAGA. But the significant ruling, which was, uh, it was called Viking River Cruises uh, versus Moriana, that was essentially a victory for all employers because what that case essentially did for employers is it allowed um, employers to compel uh, PAGA claims into arbitration. And why that's important is because then um, claimants or plaintiffs lose standing to bring a representative claim uh, under PAGA, which, it, you know, for employers, that demonstrates a basis for dismissal. So huge victory for us. But, you know, this is not ending. Um, I think we, we will see continued uh, development uh, in terms of arbitration claims. But for right now, at least it's a small victory for employers in California. So for as someone who has absolutely no idea what you just said. Absolutely. What what does that what does that mean for me? Say I'm a, say I'm a small business owner and I'm an employer, yeah. and this uh, I, I just heard about this uh, court case that benefits me now. But what where does that mean in a tangible sense of of is it easier or smaller? Is it easier or harder for me to run my business? Oh, or definitely harder. I mean, first of all, California. There's so many statutory, uh, you know, uh, I should say, so many regulations that really I think uh, prohibit um, companies uh, in California to to operate. And uh, this PAGA is is one of those. So, for instance, if you're a small business owner and you have an employee and, you know, regardless of your size, if you have an employee who believes that he's not paid correctly, let's just use that as an example. And now he wants to bring a class action. And it's not just about him. He's bringing his individual claim and saying, I'm representing a class of individuals. Right. And I'm going to bring that forth and file it on behalf of every. And so, you know, the recommended, the suggestion for most employers is to really look at your arbitration agreement, to really make sure that that agreement, number one, is enforceable, and that if you have different, you know, provisions within that, that to make sure um, that the agreement, if one of the provisions or clauses within the agreement is uh, invalid, that does not negate the entire agreement. So I obviously recommend um, employers uh, to, you know, um, consult with an attorney or if you have in-house counsel or whatever, but you definitely need to, to look at your arbitration agreement and make sure that, you know, it says all the right things and that they're, um, uh, and that employees are uh, opting, opting into arbitration, uh, but obviously consult with an attorney. For sure. For sure. So uh, one of the other uh, arbitration developments that has happened was between uh, Naranjo or is that Naranjo? 
Naranjo. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, versus Spectrum Security Services. Now, uh, this had to do with meal break yep. penalties and violations, which is, as as we know, one of the main um, litigation factors for a business. What uh, what what kind of developments happened with yeah, that? Yeah, I think this is you know um, uh, uh, is right up there with you know all the wage and hour you know claims in California. I, I think California is so susceptible out of all the states to wage and hour claims because in California we have meal penalties, which I'm sure as most employers know that if you um, aren't allowing your employees to take a break before the fifth hour or they're not allowed to take their full at least 30-minute break, assuming they're scheduled for eight hours, that they could face, you know, meal penalties. But now what this case, um, which uh, is Naharanaho versus Spectrum Security Services, what the court said was that meal penalties now uh, are factor into final paychecks. So basically, if you don't pay that out on time, you are subject to waiting time penalties on their final paycheck. Ah, So it's not just about, you know, being compliant with, you know, regular pay periods and and payroll, but, you know, you're certainly looking at derivative penalties um, that are going to be significantly higher than just the regular, regular, you know, meal um, penalty violations. Perfect. And uh, let's see here. The next one that we have here is Camp versus Home Depot. Home Depot, getting hot water. Yeah, so keeping with the whole wage and hour theme, yeah. this was also a very significant case because, you know, for as long as I can remember, a lot of employers use rounding, um, you know, in their policy. So for instance, let's say, you know, they would, most employers generally would uh, round to the nearest quarter of an hour, right? And so what this case basically says is that, um when you have a rounding policy, that's not a complete defense to basically unpaid wage claims. And so what they're out of this case, what we can um, basically surmise, and it is recommended by a lot of uh, employment law attorneys, is to just go with a straight, um, basically actual, you know, uh, punches or actual time entries instead of rounding. So... That's what uh, the takeaway of, of this case is. So if you're an employer and this is uh, happening, you say you're, if you're still on kind of a write-in method, and it, would that be typical for an employer to do is to kind of round up if they don't have a specific, they punched in at, at this time, they punched out at this time. It, is it supposed to be more, a more accurate um, timekeeping uh, system? Yeah. Um, so... Yes, I think having actual entries is always more accurate than rounding. But um, again, every employer out there, every HR department, every payroll department historically has rounded because it's easier. It's easier to calculate. It's easier to run your payroll that way. But I mean, obviously at Ace HR Pro, we use actual entries and we have been for uh, at least 10 years because, you know, I, I, I believe in um, accounting actual entries that way because when you round, you're always going to lose or gain, right, somewhere. And you don't want to uh, open yourself up to potentially on one day, one payroll where the employee, you know, um, loses or significant loses 
you know, uh, hours or minutes. Regardless is you have an obligation as an employer to pay your employees correctly for all hours work. Mm -hmm. When you round, you're susceptible to uh, either uh, paying them a little bit less or paying them a little bit more. But so why not just do actual entries? That's the recommended way. That's what all employment attorneys uh, recommend. And that's what we've been doing for the last decade. Perfect. So if there was a company that was wanting to actually uh, better track the time management of their employees, we would be able to help out with suggesting timekeeping and uh, the policies that need to be put in place. Yeah. Now, whether that's manual timekeeping, we could certainly put policies in place or whether, you know, that's actually software. Um, You know, we have plenty of partners and vendors who could assist with that. And obviously we would be right there with our prospective clients uh, and existing clients uh, and walk them through the whole process. Perfect. So one of the last things that we uh, want to Uh, touch on particularly since uh, this is we're one in California and there's new uh, constantly one of the hot topics in California is the use of cannabis Mm -hmm. and how that affects employees how that it affects employers and uh, it being more in the culture culture nowadays is um, the off-duty use of cannabis now this doesn't I I don't believe uh, affect it goes into effect in 2023, but it will be coming down. Shortly. Yeah. Oh, sure. You're just going to jump right to the cannabis thing. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. just get interested. So that's that's why we could do that. So that doesn't go into effect until January of uh, 2024, but certainly uh, also a notable um, you know legislation that was passed. Um, and so we'll we'll jump to that. So this is quite interesting. So for someone like ACHR Pro and some of our other clients. They have drug testing policies in place. And what this law says is uh, starting January 1st of 2024, employers, you can no longer use uh, basically the legal jargon is non-psychoactive cannabis metabolites, which is just AKA you can't use the results of a positive marijuana test, okay, to um, adversely uh, impact that employee's employment. What does that mean? Adversely impact means you can't use that against them. You can't terminate them for a positive test. You can't demote them or take any action that obviously uh, adversely impacts uh, you know that employee. Now, that doesn't mean the law advocates current use, on-the-job use. This has to do with impairment, and it has to do with privacy. So what the law is essentially saying is um, you just can't use the tests against employees, which is probably great for employees, but not great for employers. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So, yeah, I did jump around. I didn't realize that there was another piece on my on my paper. So uh, should we talk about all the fun laws in 2023? Yes. So (laughs) what's all the stuff coming down in the actual new year, not not in the yeah. future. That may affect how much I use weed yeah. uh, or not use weed. I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> but as of today, we can drug test you. <laughs> so, was that a confession, by the way? Uh, okay. You need to speak to my lawyer? Yeah, okay. 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 Anyhow, no. Uh, so what's coming down the pipe in 2023 yeah. for... So before we segue to 2023, I want to close out 2022, which we're near the end of 2022. So for all employers in California, COVID supplemental sick pay is supposed to end or sick leave is supposed to end December 31st, 2022. But we'll see how that goes. So as of right now, there's been no uh, 
extension uh, beyond December 31st of 2022. So just kind of keep that in mind. And this is federal or it's is just this California? Just California. State. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. This has to do with sick pay. All right. right. So as, as it stands in December, there is not there has not been an extension filed. It will end yes. in 2022. Yes. All right, guys. Okay. If you feel a cough so now, coming on. I think we should jump to what are the new great things happening in yes. 2023? Well, that's should, great things. I shouldn't say great things because we're going to talk about bereavement next. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. Getting anxious. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. All right. Bereavement. Okay. So... Assembly Bill 1949. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, no, it's not the year of when it was enacted. It's just Assembly 1949. So what that does is what this um, bill is about and now law is that um, employers, you cannot discriminate against your employee when they take bereavement pay, uh, bereavement leave for an immediate family member. Immediate mm. family member is who? Well, obviously, your parents, your siblings, your sister and daughter, you know, um, spouse? children, spouse. Yeah, sure. Yeah, spouse too. Okay. Whether you like them or not. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you could take up to uh, five days of un- unpaid leave. You have to be employed with the company at least 30 days. But employer, uh, you have a right to ask for documentation in order to um, excuse that leave. Um. A doctor's note. Uh, not doctor's note. <laughs> oh, okay. It's death. <laughs> mm, a morticianer's note? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, uh, that, okay. Uh, so we have bereavement and uh, anything else that has to do with uh, labor laws? This, now, Absolutely. Okay. You wanna, let's talk about the big one okay. that a lot of employers are not happy with. Oh. It's this u- new um, salary disclosure law. So it's SB uh, 1162. Okay. I think we've all heard it in the news. It's made big headlines. You know, it's really going to impact recruiting and potential internal, uh, obviously, compensation, equi- compensation equity. Okay. So January, effective January 1, 2023, any... California employer who wants to post a job ad must disclose on the within their job the salary range for that position. Additionally, any employee who internally who wants to know about a salary range, employer, you must disclose that to them. Mm. Yeah, big big stuff. And how uh, how is that potentially adverse towards employers? Well, uh, again, I can't speak to every employer, but maybe some employers, um, you know, have have not really uh, audited uh, audited their internal uh, compensation system or um, inequities, and that's where I think we could really help with that. Uh-huh. Obviously, looking at um, different classifications of positions, the the band or the range of compensation um, that they're offering, and um, we could assist with. Um, you know, uh, with surveys, salary surveys, and uh, assisting our clients to um, kind of bring maybe uh, different classifications up to a level that ensures, you know, um, equity compensation um, within the organization. And, you know, when that happens, obviously, you there are a lot of great, um, you know, beneficial uh uh, impact internally as well. You have great morale. You've got a better workforce um, when there's just a lot of transparency too. 
Perfect. Now, uh, this might be a little bit more of a question of uh, in your experience and maybe looking into the future of what you think maybe businesses and employers may go towards now that we're living in a environment where there's a lot more remote work. Do you think that's going to be somewhere where employers may not uh, necessarily raise their um, compensation packages, but they may start integrating a more hybrid workforce Mm. in order to not necessarily have a higher overhead that that they may be required to if, if they're not able to compete in that way are they will they introduce a different type of compensation yeah so you're asking me to look into a crystal ball and and look at you know the next couple of years is remote or hybrid you know work uh, still going to be uh, you know a thing um you know I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, but certainly what we learned from the pandemic is the landscape has changed. The work environment has changed. And we have seen, including with ACHR Pro, we have seen that this market is a very competitive employment market. And when you're trying to recruit and retain talent as an employer, as an organization, you need to do whatever you need to do in order to, you know, recruit the best talent and retain the best talent. So I think there's got to be, you know, some, um, I think, strategic thought uh, in that regard in terms of, you know, um, what do we need to do to to um, to ensure that we have a talented workforce? And I, I think remote is, is not out of the uh, question for a lot of employers. And I'm, you know, and a lot of employers have already thought, well, why not? If I can retain talent and have them work anywhere in the world. I mean, we've seen this with a lot of the Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. you know, tech giants. So um, if, if they are successful, I don't see why, you know, that can't be emulated. And it lowers their, obviously, uh, costs, right? Their fixed costs. So um, I think it's just, uh, you know, we'll, con- we'll continue to see that. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. But what, what do I know? That's just my opinion. True. I mean, uh, <laughs> no one would have ever thought that uh, remote work would have been introduced and been as successful other than the extenuating circumstances yeah. that was the last few yeah. years. But I mean, I am we're so fortunate because we have already have been set up that way to begin with, not even thinking that at the time that, you know, remote was such a thing, but technologically we were, you know, light years uh, ahead of most organizations. So, you know, knock on wood, um, I don't know if that was, you know, uh, strategic planning and thinking on our part, but um, I would like to say that it was, yeah. that we foresaw technology being at the forefront of, you know, um, our business. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Let's see here. And the, uh, so are there any other California labor laws that are coming down the law, coming down, uh, the pipe for yeah, us? I, I think, I mean, not as, as, as big, I think as the ones that we've man- mentioned, but mm-hmm. I think I should just continue to emphasize, you know, harassment training internally, but also for some industries, you know, um, Sex trafficking, human sex trafficking is is a big deal. And so much of a big deal that obviously there was a law passed on it. That's AB 1661. And obviously, you know, existing law already requires certain businesses like airports, um, rail um, and bus stations, truck stops to already have posters up regarding uh, sex uh, trafficking. 
Um, however, now it includes, you know, even like small businesses like, um, you know, nail salons, um, skincare, you know, facilities, things like that. So again, just a reminder that, you know, as employers, we need to continue to be very diligent and train our staff in understanding and, and have awareness of harassment, sexual harassment, and sex trafficking. So I thought I, I should mention that. Of course. No, that uh, that's, I think, a really good uh, thing to end on. And uh, again, guys. <laughs> Versus cannabis, yeah, I know. Then sex. Ah, uh, we totally should have ended missing? with the cannabis one. Yeah, but uh, I think there's. I, I, I've definitely learned a lot today, and I hope that everybody who has yeah. listened and tuned in today has uh, walked away with some more valuable information that I think we'll be able to provide to uh, whether or not you have a growing business, whether or not you have a business that's been around forever and just need to stay up to date on these kind of things here at ACHR Pro. We want to be able to provide that kind of value for you. Um, and we're so glad that you came on yeah, uh, today. I appreciate it. And if I, if you don't mind, I'd like to um, throw out there that if anyone out there has any questions whatsoever, um, you know, please reach out to us. And they could reach out to us by email, info at acehrpro.com. Um, and then, you know, we'll we'll get back to them right away. And it doesn't hurt um, just to pick up the phone and call or email us. And, you know, we'd be happy to help in any way that we can. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been ACHR Pro, Thanks. and we'll talk to you later.